Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs. And become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Disclaimer. Horror Hill is a horror anthology podcast bringing you scary stories from all corners of the internet and beyond. 
As such, certain stories include content that some listeners might find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings, listeners, and welcome back to Horror Hill. As always, I'm your host, Eric Peabody, and we've got a fun little episode lined up for you tonight. I know that we've had some longer stories as of late, so we're going to mix things up a bit with a few quick ones this evening. A couple of nasty little beasts that'll rip into you, claw around in your insides for a while, and be gone before you know you're bleeding out. We're going to keep these synopses brief today so as not to reveal too much. We'll be starting with Regrow by Bikram Mann. This story is about a plight that impacts a number of people, including myself. Male pattern hair loss. As it turns out, some people will go to extreme measures to reclaim the appearance of youth. Following that, we'll be reading Don't Smash the Glass by Tom Russell. In this tale, a lone man sits in a small room in front of a computer screen. Why is he there? How long has he been there? What does the scrolling data on the screen mean? And most importantly, what is in the glass case next to the computer? The thing that he has to keep forcing himself to not look at. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to help support Horror Hill and also remove these pesky ads, Head over to ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today. You'll get instant access to hundreds of ad-free stories, and we can scale back some of our uh, less savory means of generating money for the show. By the way, you don't happen to still have all of your organs, do you? And now, from author Bikram Mann, I give you Regrow. Growing old is a bitch. Wrinkles dig deep into your skin and form permanent crests and valleys on your face. Your body starts breaking down until just climbing a small flight of stairs is enough to leave you out of breath, and you begin collecting regrets like trophies. And the hair. The goddamn hair. My family has always had problems with male pattern baldness, and thus losing my beautiful mop of hair has been the biggest fear of mine for as long as I can remember. Always there, just niggling away at the back of my mind like an unscratched itch. I knew it was coming, yet when the widow's peak formed on my head, I still spent a week moping and crying. But that didn't mean I was just going to go down without a fight. Hell no. I visited the doctors, took medications, scoured the internet for home remedies, but kept being pushed back by the tides of time. It was when the two little horns on my head threatened to connect in the middle and leave behind a patchy island of wispy hair that I grew desperate. Really desperate. An old friend from college introduced me to Regrow, 
an experimental anti-hair loss drug that hadn't yet been approved by the FDA. But I didn't care at that point. I was desperate. I took a whole box of that stuff from him, tucked that sucker under my arm, and sauntered back home. Even my wife was surprised to see the broad smile on my face. Pop two pills after dinner for a week and wait for the results. Simple enough. I had high hopes from this stuff, so much so that I even swallowed the pills without water like an addict and went off to sleep. I woke up early the next morning, yawned, pulled my boxers up to adjust my boner, and walked into the bathroom. As my urine drizzled on the commode, I ran my fingers through my hair, and they scraped against something sharp. Startled, I pulled them back. What was that? I wondered. Could it be? With my heart palpitating, I jumped in front of the mirror and leaned in. There! Little bristles growing on the barren land of my head, like tiny insect legs trying to claw their way out of their eggs. It worked! I shouted, scaring the daylights out of my drowsy wife. I ran over to her and had her admire my dark little babies. It was the best day of my life. My chest felt light. I was more confident. I received compliments at work. Granted, they were more about my general demeanor rather than my hair, but that was fine. They would all notice it soon enough. All throughout the day, I kept sneaking glances at my hair, whether it be in a mirror or the camera of my phone. Each time, my smile grew wider. No more baldy Ben. I popped two more pills that night, and my hair grew longer the next morning resembling shadowy little tendrils projecting out of my head. People started to notice. I told them about regrow and even promised a couple of them to help get some boxes of their own. I couldn't get in contact with the friend who gave me that drug, but I didn't mind that. Sooner or later, he would get in touch with me, I reasoned. My widow's peak had almost disappeared by the time the week ended. The hair was still small, creating a mohawk-like crown on my head, but I knew that it was all going to even out. Just to be sure, I popped two more pills on the eighth day. That was the worst mistake of my life. If I could just go back in time and stop myself, I would do it in a heartbeat. You see, when I went to bed that night, I had no idea what nightmare awaited me. I woke up with a start. My entire body felt aflame, like I was running a terrible fever, and it was so goddamn itchy. I wanted to dig my nails into my chest and rip the skin off, peel it off layer by layer until that desire to scratch went away. I tossed and turned, rubbing my body against the mattress as my fingers scraped my torso and back. What the fuck? Why was it itching so bad? My wife groaned, so to avoid waking her up, I jumped out of the bed, frantically stripping off and itching like a damn monkey. Armpits, thighs, back of the knees, all damp, all itchy, like ants were scurrying around on my body. I dashed to the bathroom and flipped the light switch on. When the room was blasted with light, I had to bite my knuckle to stifle the scream that threatened to rip from my throat. 
My chest was red and covered with rashes and acne that had burst, with pus leaking out of them and hanging on the tips of hair that were suddenly protruding from my torso like the shadowy limbs of some infernal tentacled monster. My chest looked like a damn forest that had just been lashed with a torrent of blood. Fuck, even my stomach. Hair bloomed from my navel like a vile flower, surrounded by a shrubby undergrowth of hair. I turned around. Same thing. My shoulders had hair sprouting from them. Moist, matted, like some blackish moss. Hair even covered my spinal cord, and my skin was pockmarked with acne that had been slashed open by my fingernails. It hurt so fucking bad. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. How did all of this happen in just a couple of hours? It was like I was making my own fur pelt. The heat was getting unbearable, so I hopped into the shower, trying to avoid ripping and tearing into my skin. The cold water was like a gift from God, washing away the itch with the fiery pus. The colors yellow and red stained the floor, but I felt better. Now, as terrified as I was, I didn't tell my wife about any of this for two reasons. I didn't want to alarm her, and I didn't want to get screamed at for taking an extra dose of the medicine. So, I decided to tackle the forest growing on my body on my own. I took out my razor and prepared to shave everything off. My eyes widened as the blade neared my skin. There was no acne. They were my own hair follicles that had ballooned with hair and pus. Fuck. I reached for the shaving cream and slathered my body with it. It was the most painful experience of my life, even more so than the time I dislocated my shoulder. But I gritted my teeth and winced my way through it until my skin was clean. Covered in bleeding cuts and slashes, but clean. I dried myself off, applied some antiseptic, and went back to bed after wiping down the bathroom. I didn't tell my wife about it in the morning either, but she could tell something was wrong. I couldn't help it. My skin was the most sensitive it had ever been, and I could already feel the hair popping back out of their follicles, brushing against my shirt and causing a sharp tingle to crackle down my spine. The hair came back with a fucking vengeance, almost as if it was incensed at having their growth cut down so short. The day hadn't even ended, and tufts of hair were sticking out of my collar. But thankfully, it didn't hurt as much. Maybe my body had gotten used to the fact that I was trying to create my own natural turtleneck. My colleagues looked at me with surprise and disgust as my body puffed up, like I had stuffed clumps of grass down my shirt. I gave a sheepish smile and made pathetic excuses about not having had the time to take care of personal hygiene. It was as cringeworthy as you can imagine. When I returned home and took my shirt off in front of my wife, her jaw dropped so low I was afraid it was going to fall on the floor. As she screamed at me for self-medicating, I began shaving it down once again. The hair was so thick that it now curled. My razor got stuck as I shoved it through the hair, causing my skin to pull and pinch. 
I had to empty half of my shaving cream just to clean my body, but clean it I did, and I went to sleep shirtless, sighing with relief as the cold air brushed against my pores. I was astonished at the speed with which the hair came back. I must have napped for about an hour at the most when I was back to feeling like half an ape, and it was worse this time. Much worse. The hair on my head had grown so thick they pulled at and turned my skull in knots. My torso looked like I was wearing a vest. I realized with utter horror that my eyelids were drooping, my eyelashes having gotten so long that simply keeping my eyes open was an arduous task. Gasping, I got out of bed and bolted for the bathroom. I looked like an animal. No, like some demon. Hair flooded out of my nostrils, cascading down my lip till I couldn't tell it apart from my thick mustache. I had a beard that went right up to my eyes and mashed into the hair of my chest. Actually, it was more like a rug than a beard. The hair on my chest was so thick that no razor could cut through it, so I grabbed some scissors and began cutting through it, fighting to keep my eyes open. Snip, snip, snip. I sliced through the hair, but more sprung back out almost instantly. My arms, my wrists, hell, even my fingertips were being covered in hair. It was like I was being swallowed up by the shadows. My pubes were so dense they completely devoured my cock and balls. I could feel hair flowing out of my asshole, tickling the back of my knees. I cut my eyelashes, and I should not have done so. Though they didn't grow back, they stiffened, turning into little daggers that scraped at my eyeballs every time I shut my eyes. Blinking became an act of torture. Frustrated, I picked up my wife's lighter and tried to burn the follicles after cutting the hair to prevent them growing back out. It hurt like a bitch, but it didn't work. The hair just came back, thicker and meaner. Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings than anywhere else. So, finding the perfect place is easier than ever, and so is finally moving in together. Just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities. Lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom and you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They might even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together, but you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I gulped to swallow the fear, and my tongue brushed against tiny hairs growing out of the roof of my mouth. I gritted my teeth, but only ended up chewing hair. I opened my mouth to scream, but began coughing. My esophagus was rejecting something violently. I coughed and started spitting out small clumps of hair, like a cat. A terrible screech jolted me out of my terror. I turned around. My wife was looking at me with primal dread etched upon her face. Help me, I croaked before the darkness took me. The next time I woke up, I was in the hospital, surrounded by wide-eyed doctors and nurses. It took weeks before they were willing to discharge me, and weeks more before I found out what the fuck happened. Apparently, when I reached the hospital, I was cocooned in hair. They had to fucking saw through the hair to get to my body. It's a miracle I survived it all. I certainly wouldn't have done so if someone associated with Regrow hadn't come in to help the doctors out. My friend who gave me the medicine had succumbed to it, and they began tracing anyone who might have used it. Thank God. They had to laser through the hair covering my body before they could administer the drug that reversed the effects of Regrow and saved my life. I am completely bald now, head to toe, not a single strand of hair anywhere, no eyebrows, no nostril hair, bald, but alive. So please, I beg of you, if you ever come across Regrow, use it in moderation, and for God's sake, don't self-medicate. You've been listening to Regrow by Bikram Man. And now, to close out our evening, I present Don't Smash the Glass by Tom Russell. My eyes are burning. I've been sitting in front of this screen longer than I can remember. I don't know whether the memory lapses are from head trauma or sleep deprivation. Probably both. The cold light singes my retina as the waterfall of numbers creates fathomless patterns on the LCD monitor. Aside from the microscopic beams of red that poke through the cracks between the planks nailed to the door, this screen is my only source of light. The room has no window. I'm incredibly grateful for this. I can't remember why. 
I sit alone with only the many shadows for company. Time has no meaning in this room. The passing of each second has become so diluted and warped that any attempted measurement would be futile. Maybe I'm going mad. No, I know the reason. I have forgotten much, but I must not forget that. Dare I allow myself a glance? The thing stares at me from the glass container next to my desk. I mustn't stare back for too long. No matter how impossible it seems to achieve, I must move my focus back to the tumbling numbers. My gaunt face is reflected in the polished screen. The face in the reflection sneers at me, daring me to smash the container. I must not give in to temptation. We'll all die if I do. Veins in my neck throb. A crushing pain is building behind my frazzled eyes. Grunting with effort, I somehow manage to shift my attention back to the flickering screen. I know the thing won't be happy, but I have to ignore it. It is not my friend, despite how much it wants me to believe otherwise. From the screen, rows of numbers and statistics glare back at me, column upon column of irreconcilable data. I can't remember when I could last make sense of the Cascade. I'm sure there's supposed to be meaning behind the army of algorithms. Somewhere in the numbers is the answer. I must have been here looking for it for days. Untold hours stuck in this cramped, boarded room. I long to smash through my makeshift barricade. The feel of the outside air on my face is a temptation almost as great as the constant urge to free the thing. I must not give in to temptation. Well, I'll die if I do. The descending numbers unfurl in front of my burning pupils. I must make sense of them. Somehow, some way, I must. Another cramp runs through my thighs. In response, I adjust my position and crouch on the itchy office chair. I must ignore everything but the numbers. They are the only thing that matters. In the first days, I was obsessed with the smell. I tried everything to mask it, but human waste proved to be too powerful an odor. Eventually, I made peace with it. Then there were days I was obsessed with the clumps of hair falling from my head. I tried everything to prevent it, but my resources were too limited. Eventually, I made peace with it. Then there are the days I have been obsessed with the thing. I have tried everything to prevent it, but its hypnotic gaze keeps pulling me back. It still beckons me. My mind's eye is constantly forced back to that strange glow. I wish I wouldn't dwell on this. The light is maddening. Blue and orange. A light that is simultaneously two colors, an impossible contradiction. Yet, there it is. The dual hues flow and drift independently of each other, yet at the same time are 
indistinguishably intertwined. I can't remember a time when that unearthly haze wasn't present in the darkest reaches of my conscience. I've only been here a few hours, but it feels like days. I can't remember what happened before. All that I have of the time before the room are fragments. I can't remember who put the thing into its glass box and attached it to the computer. Maybe it was the dead man in the corner. I wish I could remember who he was. Was he important to me? I'll never know. It's not important, though, so I mustn't dwell on it. I must focus on the numbers. I scratch at an itch on my head. Ouch. There's an unpleasant pain at my fingertips. I slowly lower my hand from the patch of descending hair. The nails on my index and middle fingers have detached. They dangle on pus-soaked sinews, swinging in time to my tremble. I look at my other nails. Each chipped slab sits on a bed of greenish ooze. The skin around my fingertips has turned a mortician's gray. I can feel my screen-baked eyes widening. My worn pupils find themselves unable to move from the dangling keratin. As my trembles worsen, one of the nails wriggles free of the spiderweb sinew. It feather falls to the filthy floor, lost to the grime like much of my hair. Despite the repulsion tying knots in my gut, I need to inspect this further. I splay my rotting fingers. The little revelation afforded by the flickering LCD display makes my analysis difficult. I squint, pulse rising. My remaining nails bulge and jaunt back at me from the shadowy desk. My fingers are cold, numb almost. The few remaining ounces of sensation left have been taken by a tight dryness from the discolored skin around my fingertips. As this discoloration ascends my digits, it darkens further into gray, before becoming a pungent mess of moldy greens and brown-purple bruising. This isn't happening. It can't be. Please don't let this be real. The thing laughs as I come to the horrifying realization of what I have to do next. It's enjoying this. I gulp. My throat is dry and constricted. I would kill a man for a glass of water. Maybe that's why the man on the floor died all those years ago. Maybe we had water here in those days, and I killed him for the last drop. No, I don't think I did. I wouldn't do something like that. At least, I think I wouldn't. Do it. I start with the right hand. My tremble is all-encompassing now. I raise my shaking left, the gray flesh of the digits cracking as I close my grasp over my right ring finger. Lightning flashes of sharp, blinding pain race up my right arm. I unscrew my eyes. The removed nail doesn't bleed. Please... 
don't let this be real. I don't want to do this. No man should have to do this. This isn't fair. Do it now. There's warm moisture descending the cliffs of my cheeks. The corners of my vision blur and ripple as I focus on the yellow nail protruding from my jerking finger. A thin trail of shining plasma trickles from one corner of the gnarled cuticle. A cold blanket of sweat drapes my brow. I can't do this. I won't do this. No. My left thumb and index finger find tight purchase. There's a lump growing in my stomach. I can feel the grazing warmth of bile climbing my throat. I really don't want to do this. Please, don't make me do this. My nostrils flare. A sharp inhalation brings with it the clinging reek of human excrement. The bile climbs higher. The lump in my stomach doubles in size. My fingertips aren't the only numb part of me now. I can't stop myself. The yoki nail opens a floodgate of rotting fluid as I pry it from my finger. Pain breaks the silence and sensation. Fresh stabs assault my senses with each agonizing nanosecond. As the nail is peeled further back from the gray-green fingertip, strings of sinew ping and snap. Each brings with it a further jolt of lightning. Eventually, I reach the stage where I can no longer bend the stiff shell. The exposed nail bedding screams, the orphan nail hanging from it by a thread of skin. The bile is now nearly at my tonsils. Why have I done this? Why is this happening to me? Please, make it stop. Finish it. I wrench the dangling carapace from my not-bleeding finger. The bile has finished its journey. The third lost nail clatters on the greasy, dirty wood beneath me. It's followed by a, a torrent of vomit. Everything goes sideways. My diaphragm is contracting in agonizing spasms. The itchy office chair clatters and rolls away from my feet into the darkness. The ground is grimy beneath my naked form. As I twitch and writhe in disgusted agony, my joints slide along a desert of unseen diseases. I dare not look at my hand. I can hear the thing cackling somewhere above me. I must ignore it at all costs. I have to finish with my hands and get back to the numbers. I must resist the urge to break the glass and smash the thing on the ground. I must not give in to temptation. We'll all die if I do. There is scuttling in the darkness beyond my face. My burnt eyes have not yet accustomed to the gloom. They gaze outwards, limp and useless. Eventually, they manage to bring something into focus. A shelled creature is picking its way through the bog on the floor. Two long antennae twitch in the murky abyss. 
black, beady eyes turn the tiny light available at these depths into twinkling novas. The wriggling mass of chitin and legs halts as it reaches my drained head. It stares at me, shuffling its mandibles. Lost, are we? The cockroach has a deep voice. It's a dialect comprised of bass tones being dragged through a corpse grinder. Every syllable sends a knife of tension down my spine. Most of the people that find their way here are lost. I'm not lost. My lips feel chapped and crooked. I don't recognize the voice that escapes them. You got lost on your journey. The cockroach grinds in disagreement. You have to be lost to find your way here. You know that. Or have you forgotten? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I can hear the mirthful chittering of mandibles scraping. I say nothing. You've been forgetting a lot of things lately, haven't you? You can't remember how you got here at all. Oh dear, you are in a bit of a pickle. By the end of the last sentence, my eardrums ached. The voice drills into my brain, scraping further into my psyche with each syllable. Do you want me to remind you? The querying antenna twitch in the night. My ears throb. My thoughts become clouded with sharp black spikes of sound. No, I... I want... You to stop talking. Come now, don't be silly. Its mandibles click together in a tut. How do you expect to find your way without any help? Now, you see that up there? The veins in my eyes throb as I point them towards the glass that contains the thing. Yes, that's right. You came here to do something with it. Do you remember what it was? 
Each deep utterance cuts into my soul. The network of blood vessels around my ears bulge to their bursting point. Please, stop. I feel my front teeth wobble as I beg through them. I just want this to end. The cockroach does not oblige. So I take it you don't remember. Oh dear. It seems that pickle was an understatement for your predicament. The insect forager tilts its tiny head, peering at me through the leering shadows. Please! I shriek. His warbling has become too much. It scrapes at the insides of my skull until nothing is left but a simmering mess of severed nerves and liquefied gray matter. I beg the pain. My vision is filled with jagged black spikes. That pain isn't from me, old bean. It's from your fingernails. Twitching still, I look down at my hands. They're covered in murky brown grime and pus. Six of my remaining fingernails lay in a gooey heap by my groin. The seventh is painfully ripped from its bed in my rotting thumb by another spasm as I stare, wide-eyed, and trying not to scream. See... The bloodshot orbs in my skull bulge at the sight of my mutilated digits. Panicked lungs plead for oxygen. The fresh inhalation adds the sweet musk of decomposing flesh to the scent palette. I... I didn't... do that. The words sound alien to my ears as they leave my throat. The mush in my skull starts to swim. The shadows darken. Remember, you have to smash the glass. Rattlesnake clicks emanate from the chitin plating on the beast's back. They writhe as it laughs at me through the gloom. There's another ringing in my ears. This time, it's not painful. It's the ring caused by all the sounds in the world going out, one by one. As long as you remember to smash the glass, you'll be right as rain. I roll onto my back. The black spikes multiply and converge into patches of misty fog. My eyes roll upwards. I get intermittent flashes of the ceiling. There's writing on it. Did I write it? I can't remember. Just remember, smash the glass. The serrated coos of the malevolent insect are among the last things I hear. My jaw drops open. I can feel foam forming at the corners of my mouth. Smash. This last oscillating syllable echoes as the rest of the world dies. When I come to... I'm crouched on the itchy office chair. I'm staring at the revolving numbers on the screen. I don't know how long I've been sat here. It must have been weeks. I look at my hands. The plasma that covers my digits is only half coagulated. 
I had nails there, once. That was a long time ago, though. I can't remember exactly how long. I have known nothing except the numbers and the thing since before recorded history. The flickering glare of the LCD screen blinds me, as it has for millennia. I must find the pattern. The black numbers dance and dive. There's a crushing pain in my head. I must not think about the thing. It is still calling me, whispering sweet nothings to my subconscious. I could smash the glass right now, end all of this. It would be so easy. I could smash the glass and then all of this would stop. No, I mustn't do that, no matter how tempting it is. I must not give in to temptation. We'll all die if I do. I squint at the blinking digits on the screen. Hold on a second. I think I see something. Wait, it can't be. Is that a... letter? The itchy office chair creaks as I lean further forward on my haunches, bringing my tired gaze closer. It is a letter. My heart rate accelerates. Beads of excited sweat form in every pore. Days spent searching, and I've finally found it. I'm sure the dead man in the corner would be proud, were he still alive. Then again, maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he worked for the thing. That might be why he's dead. I don't know. I can't remember. The solitary letter stares back at me. I raise both nailless hands to the sides of the screen. My green-gray knuckles turn white, the black plastic nearly buckling under my grip. It is a letter. Just one. A. The solitary character stands amidst the swirling horde of numerical data. As my dry eyes dart across the glowing wasteland, a second appears. My ribcage aches from the furious jackhammering of valves and ventricles. Two letters. This is it. The answer. Chapped lips widen into a broken smile as more and more letters appear until I am left with a phrase. Quivering, I slowly sit back from the screen. The answer I have spent hours searching for unfurls in front of my eagerly awaiting gaze. Slag et hesams. I can hear the thing laughing. I have to ignore it. More riddles. More riddles and puzzles. The numbers taunt me as they dance around the nonsensical words. Slag et Hassam's. The thirteen cryptic letters start to hover above the pixels and perspex as I stare at them. There must be a meaning. There must be an answer. There has to be. I sink my face into my palms. I can feel warm, salty prickles in the corners of my eyes. No. No, I must not give in. I have to remain composed. There must be be an answer.
slag at Hassan's. My neck creaks. My aching head leaves clumps of hair behind in my hands. The thing continues to laugh at my misery. Echoing cackles infect my thoughts. I've had enough of the thing. It has mocked me for the last time. I have to destroy it. The glass box reflects the thin red light from the gaps between the boards. Many other things are also reflected in its surface, including a face. I assume it's my face. I can only assume this because it moves as I move. I don't recognize it, though. I don't remember what my face looked like, but I do know it isn't this face. This face is almost completely bald. This face has dry, cracked lips that peel back to reveal bleeding gums and jagged, loose teeth. It is a pasty and unhealthy cream color and is covered in sweat and grime. This face seems to be locked in a bestial snarl. I don't remember what expressions I carried before I began my task. However, my instinct tells me this wasn't one of them. At least, I hope it wasn't. The worst thing about the face that is not my face is that it has no eyes. This would be bearable if they were missing in the conventional sense. Empty sockets of skin aren't an iota as maddening as the way the eyes of the face that is not my face are missing. I can see these eyes clearly. They're dry and bloodshot. It doesn't matter how clearly I can see them, though. To my brain, they are not there. When I try to look at them directly, they swim and warp. If I gaze too long, they expand and burn, the orbs in the reflection bubbling and melting. The mirrored face starts to contort. Its broken mouth widens into a horrified scream. This can't be my face. Please, don't let it be my face. I slowly raise my rotting hands to my cheeks. To my horror, the bald, eyeless monster in the glass does the same. The thing shrieks with laughter at this. The blue-orange light swirls and dances, reveling in my misfortune. The thing has done this to me. I know that it has. It will pay for what it's done. I raise my decomposing hands, further cracking the skin on my knuckles as I ball them into fists. The eyeless, gaunt features that are my reflection contort into a roar of hatred. There's something else reflected in the glass. It catches my eye before I bring down the hammer of my hands. Letters. They hover millimeters above the polished surface. Glaring on the mirrored computer screen in a sea of backwards numbers are the words, Smash the glass. That was not an answer in the numbers. It was a trick, a trap, a decoy planted by the thing. It wants me to smash the glass, to remove it from its confinement. 
I must not do this. I must not give in to temptation. We'll all die if I do. My heart sinks as I turn back to the glaring LCD. Maybe there was never an answer in the numbers. There must be, though. Why else would I be trapped in here with nothing but a computer and wires connecting it to the thing? My fists send a loud bang echoing around the cramped compartment. The screen judders violently from the impact of them slamming on the desk. My ribs and back shudder as I'm encapsulated by sobs. It's hopeless. Absolutely hopeless. There's nothing I can do. Maybe this isn't even a task designed with me in mind. Maybe it was a mission for the dead man slumped in the corner. He's wearing a lab coat, after all. I massage the sides of my forehead. I need to open my eyes and get through this. Just persevere with the numbers. I've let myself get distracted again. The pattern is in them somewhere. I know it. I have to will myself to carry on. Everything depends on it. I slowly unstick my heavy eyelids. I don't think I can hold much longer. That's why I decided to write this all down. I don't know if the small input box on the screen goes anywhere. I hope it does. If you find this message, please do whatever you can to track the origin. I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. All I know is that if I can't resist temptation, if I can't stop myself smashing that damn glass, the thing will get out, and all of us will die. I must have taken over from the man in the corner. Someone needs to come and take over from me. Please, before it's too late for all of us. You've been listening to Don't Smash the Glass by Tom Russell. Well, my friends, that concludes our episode this evening. I'd like to thank Bikram Mann and Tom Russell for their stories this evening. Did I mention that both of these authors have short story collections available through Velux Books? You can head over to veluxbooks.com to grab Unclean Spirits by Bikram and 100% Unfiltered Nightmare Fuel by Tom, from which both of tonight's stories have been sourced, along with a number of other terrifying collections. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'll be back next week at the same day and time with more tales to send a chill down your spine. Until next time, listeners, stay spooky. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Tonight's episode was hosted and narrated by yours truly, Eric Peabody. Original music provided by Eric Peabody and Nikki McSorley. Finalization by N.M. Brown and S.K. Brown. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you'd like performed? 
email it to us at natalie at chillingtalesfordarknights.com to have your work considered for future production. Seeing as how we're all living in a technological nightmare of our own devising, I'll ask you to follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on social media and upvote, subscribe, and hit the bell notification icon if you're listening to this on YouTube. Not only will you have appeased the dark gods of cyberspace, but you'll be kept in the loop as we prepare more terrifying content. If you'd like access to uninterrupted horror, free of ads, and these annoying bookend segments, might I recommend signing up for our Patreon? You'll get access to hundreds of episodes of this show, as well as everything else from the other programs in the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights cabal. That means all of Otis Cheery's Scary Stories Told in the Dark, Drew Blood's Dark Tales, Paul J. McSorley's Fear from the Heartland, and more. It's a veritable smorgasbord of horrific delights. As for me personally, I'm on most social media sites as Viking Guitar or Viking Guitar Productions. I'm always on the lookout for new stories to narrate and new music projects to mix or master. If that's of interest to you, feel free to reach out and we can talk turkey. Also, I will be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.